We're only available in the north. Hello, listeners. Auntie Mabel here with some more handy tips and useful advice for all you amateur gardeners out there. Now, don't get in a tizzy when there's aphids on your roses. Give Auntie Mabel a call. She's the one who noses. Probably should have read that out loud when I wrote it. Now, over to our first caller. Hello. Hello, Auntie Mabel. It's Ken from Basingstoke. And what's the problem, Ken? It's my neighbours Lelandi. They're too tall and wide and the branches hang over the fence into my garden. They're blocking out all the sun. I've asked him to cut them back, but he won't do it. Can you help? Of course I can, my love. Lelandi do grow very fast and before you know it, the roots will be mucking up your patio and you'll never see that sun again. My advice to you, Ken, is quite simple, shouldn't take long and will cost you little. Get a flamethrower! Burn down the lot, tell your neighbour it was a lightning strike, hide the flamethrower in the storm drain near number 11, then get in your car and get the hell out of there as quick as possible. It's for the best, Ken! Welcome to Cat Noir, Season 2. Written and performed by Matt Sanders and Kevin Childers. This week's episode can be supersized for only 40 of your English pence. I have my eyes closed. I'm thinking of times past and how far away they seem to where I am now. I don't know where I am. I'm lost. I only went out for a loaf of bread. I think someone's following me. But it turns out to be my past catching up with me. I'm in trouble. I owe myself £10 and I haven't got my wallet on me. Still, I can always pay them tomorrow. When it's tomorrow. I'm always watching. When I don't have my eyes shut. It's not 3.33am. I'm joined this evening by eminent cameraman and cinematographer Artie Fluff OBE, a man whose films quite literally span for decades, from the 40s through to the 50s, the 60s, and even the 70s. And then into the 80s, the 90s, and the noughties. Then, of course, into the new teens, and now right through to today. Artie, good evening, dear. It's an absolutely tremendous honour to see you again. Oh, good evening, Clive. Likewise, likewise. Artie, exactly how many films have you worked on in your lifetime? All of them, Clive, all of them. There simply hasn't been a picture made I didn't film in some capacity or other. Such a fantastic longevity of a career, and of course you've worked with some of the most remarkable names over the years. I suppose, I suppose. Kubrick, Coppola, Mm. Hitchcock. If I was going to mention one or two names, Scorsese, Nolan, Lynch, Mm. Spielberg, Kappa. Mm. If I was going to say one or two more, Tarantino, Fincher, Mm. Goddard, Kurosawa, Polanski. Mm. I mean, I really have been fortunate in my time. Such a priceless treasure trove of names, Artie. It's hard to know where to start. You, of course, mentioned Spielberg in that. Oh, yes. We met on the set of Raiders back in 1981. I was filming the scene where Indiana Jones is being chased by the infamous Boulder, you know. And anyway, after the scene wrapped, Spielberg came racing up to me and asked, Darling, how did it all look? Or something similar where Stephen, I said, the good news is it really did look convincing, but unfortunately... I was holding the camera upside down. 
Such a shame. Such a great shame. Oh, yes. Fired me for it, of course. Did he? Did he really? Well, these things happen. Wouldn't be the first time. Wouldn't be the last. Polanski did the same on Rosemary's baby. Upside down camera? No, on that occasion I was pointing the camera behind me. A tragedy. Quite, quite. As was Kubrick on uh, 2001. More poor camera coordination, Artie dear? Not at all. On that particular occasion I had both the right camera and the right position. Sadly... I was in the wrong country. Oh, disaster. I know. Stanley and the rest of the crew were in Pinewood, England, whilst I was in Bolivia. Outrageous. I trust you were fired? Naturally, naturally. Kubrick was quite furious. (laughs) Although, not as furious as Hitchcock was on the set of Birds back in 63. Really? (laughs) Yes. Old Hitch himself? Quite, quite. The cock? Well, I... Don't think I ever recall him being referred to as that. Uh, No, no, of course, of course. What happened? Well, we were filming the sequence by the criming frame. You see, Hitchcock yelled, action! And all these birds were set loose, you know, hundreds of them, hundreds of them were flying around, causing all kinds of nuisance and bother. How unpleasant. But of course, old Hitch was loving it, shouting, toss him, more birds, more birds, I say, or words to that effect. Anyway, I remember looking over my right shoulder as an enormous bird swooped by close to me. It was a heron, I think. Oh, wow. Wonderful callback. Well, as I looked over my shoulder, blow me, wouldn't you know it, I realised there wasn't even holding a camera. Catastrophe. And slap bang in the middle of such a pivotal scene. Whatever were you trying to film with? My toaster. Ah. I remember being late for work a lot during that shoot. Must have picked up the wrong blessed item in the kitchen when I hurried out of the door. Happens to the best of us, Artie. Well, that's not how Hitchcock saw it. Did he fire you? Naturally, naturally. As did Burton, Anderson, Mm. Cameron, Carpenter, Lee, Scott, Mm. Wells, Allen, Lynch. Well, he would, of course. Lucas, Del Toro, Leone, Mm. Fellini, Jackson, Cohen, Bergman, Mm. Wilder, De Palma. Well, one would expect so. Aronofsky, Bigelow, Howard, Mm. Soderbergh, Stone, Lang, Mm. Jones, Boyle, Brooks. Tell me, dear, have you ever completed a single film? Well, it's just as Christopher Nolan said on the set of Inception. Is one making a film here or merely burying penguins? And which was it? I haven't the faintest idea, Clive. I got distracted filming ducks. Ah, yes, of course. I trust Nolan fired you? He did, he did. As did Shemilan. Yes. Ford. Yes. Hawks. Mm. Keaton. Yes. Alstrom. Quite. Freakin. Mm. Houston. Yes. Benelli. Perfectly reasonable. Powell. Yes. Ramey. Yes. Janae. Yes. Donna. Quite. Balchi. Yes. Peckenbar. Mm. Herzog. Yes. Demi. Yes. Talty. So, Artie, have you ever completed a full film? Well, it's an interesting question, Clive, dear. An interesting question. I would say, on the whole, no. Unless, of course, you count the film I'm making right now. Oh, how very gorilla. You're filming at this very moment? Correct, yes. With this camera right here. Ah. Artie, dear, that's a lemon meringue pie. Is it? Well, in that case, no. Never completed a film at all. Fancy a slice? Previously on Duke Rendor. Aye, Duke Rendor of Return from the Future to warn you. You're a bit late. Bugger, this new watch. Sorry, guys, I'll try again. I, Duke Rendor, have returned from the future to... Really? Is this time travel device? Where am I? Is this Chernobyl? No, Lancashire. It can still be Saturday if you want it to be. Trust me. I have a special assignment for you. Oh, okay. What is it? Need to know, basis, Render. Need to know. I programmed the devices you requested. Duke 
won't get hurt, will he? Hey, Duke Grendor of Return from the Future to... Oh, where's that card? Oh, save the world by taking this baby! My baby? No, not yours. My baby? Sorry, not yours either. His. Hello, Duke. You? Ever wondered if you could go back in time, take an evil dictator just after their birth, and raise them in a way which gives them a chance at life? Maybe even make them into a good person? Well, now you can. Take the baby. Trust me. Who are you? thought you were my supervisor. Ever wondered if after falling out with someone you could go back in time, become their boss, and send them back in time so that they never existed at all? Well, now you can. Trust me, I've done it. To be honest, I'm not really sure I know what's going on here. Well, allow me to fill you in. You like stories, Duke? Depends. Well, this one has two characters and a very clear line between who is the bad guy and who is the good guy. Although... It does kind of depend on which side of the line you stand on. No, I'm still lost. Once upon a time, there was a man who was so very upset that he had broken the love of his life that he cried for nine days and nine nights until his tears formed the watery words, Get help. Whereupon he travelled to seek the wise sage who, it was said, was able to perform miracles. He travelled for 35 days into the wilderness before coming face to face with a large concrete building with a tin roof. He waited in line, for the guru was well respected and many travelled to seek his assistance. Eventually, it was his turn to call upon the services of the expert. He stepped forward, offering gold in payment for the services proffered. The learned man took one look at the smashed article and shook his head stating that no amount of magic would ever be able to fix this man's shattered heart. Is this about the laptop I couldn't fix for you nine years ago when I worked at PC World? Yes, of course it is. I've spent years tracking you down. Right. So why are we here? This is the moment of your birth. You now have two options. One, take the child and save his life. Two, it ends here. Now. You wouldn't? Oh, I would. Trust me. I'll keep him safe. I'll raise him to be a good person just like me. Well, you know what I mean. I, Joe Grendor, have returned from the future to... Oh, it's me and older me. Why are you here? I returned from the future to save myself as a baby and raise you, me, to be the best I, you can. And look how it turned out, Duke. You are now even later for your own birth. Now I've got the baby. I, Joe Grendor, have returned from the future to raise myself... Oh, God, I'm even later than the first two times. I have to say this is all very amusing. But I think, and you'll have to trust me on this, I'll take the baby this time. No! I, Duke Randor, have returned from the future after being raised by my own boss to complete this mission once and for all. I've arrived at exactly the right moment to defeat all three of you. Hands up. Now, slowly throw your time travel devices on the ground. Take a step back, step back. No one needs to get hurt. Okay, now, I'll take these. Maybe see you around sometime, Dukes. Oh, no, really? We're trapped. Oh, what a lovely name. Duke. Well, Mrs. Rendor, I completely agree. Duke Rendor does have a lovely ring to it. Well, that settled it, then. Come here, little dukey-wookey. Twerzel's Chocolate. Now fully compliant with almost all 
statutory regulations. Oh, hello. Is that Lionel Belchington Jones? That's right, sir. How can I help? Well, I saw an advertisement for the School for the Gifted and I thought I might like to enrol. Splendid, sir. I can help you get started with an application right away. Oh, fantastic. You think I've got what it takes? Absolutely, sir. You're exactly what this school needs. Really? Completely, sir. You're articulate, obviously refined, intelligent, and you're keen. You see an advert for the School for the Gifted, you just go right ahead and apply, sir. Kudos to you. There's just one small issue, though. Oh? You've actually come through to the School of Lies, sir. Not a single thing I've told you today has been truthful. Not one. I've never even heard of a Lionel Belchington Jones, sir. It's an utterly ridiculous name. Oh, I'm I'm terribly sorry. I even faked the burp, sir. Nothing about our exchange here has been genuine. Well, then, would you mind transferring me through to the School for the Gifted? You want me, a person who works at the School of Lies, to transfer you through to the School for the Gifted? Yes, please. If you wouldn't mind. Very well, sir. Transferring you now, if you'd just like to hold. For the naked, muscular Austrian man who arrived earlier this afternoon in a lightning-charged bubble, you wish to be alerted when a second naked man arrived via similar means. Please be advised he has now done so and is looking very angry. Kindly come and collect him from the reception desk. Thank you. Oh, hello. Is that the School for the Gifted? Oh, well, aren't you a complete genius? Yes, this is the School for the Gifted, because there's nothing ridiculous about a place with that name, and I suppose you want to enrol because you've got what it takes to be here. Is that it? Ah. Is it possible I've accidentally dialed through to the School of Sarcasm? Well, ding, 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 you're right again. You are on fire today. Sounds like you already graduated from the School for the Gifted with intelligence like that. Perhaps I should just try hanging up and redialing. Maybe this time you'll get a pizza delivered. Only available in the north. I said we're only into north. Aunt. Hello, listeners. Auntie Mabel here again with advice and support for all you amateur gardeners. I've got a call already, so let's hear what's got them so fired up this morning. Hello. Hello, Auntie Mabel. It's Martin. Uh, Martin from Basingstoke. Hello, Martin. How's the pond coming along? Oh, it's nearly done, thanks. Just putting the finishing touches to a little rockery in the corner near the Lelandi. Trouble is, some ducks have taken over the area and won't let me near, hissing at me to stay away. I don't know what to do. Nature's so amazing, Martin. Unless it's stopping you from maintaining your garden. There's a little trick we have in the industry for ensuring ducks don't become the boss of your private garden pond. Now wait till they go to sleep tonight, then... Plant dynamite under the rockery! Blow them to kingdom come! Deny all knowledge, tell the papers you have a sinkhole, then get in your car and get the hell out of there as quick as possible. It's for the best, my love. Oh, hello. Is that the School for the Gifted? Yes, mate. Yes, mate. What is it you need? Oh, good. I was hoping to speak with a Lionel Belchington-Jones about enrolling. That all, mate? That all? What else do you need? What else can I get you? How about some new trainers? What size are you? Um, well, uh, well, I'm, I'm a ten, Yes, but... mate. No bother, no bother. Have a look at these. What do you think? Well, I can't actually see them. This is a phone call. And to be honest, I was just hoping to speak with Mr Belchington-Jones. Fine, mate. Fine, mate. No bother. I'll put you through to him. 25 quid. Excuse me? 25 quid to you, boss. We've got to do this quick because there's the old bill around. I see. 
Is it at all possible I've inadvertently gotten through to the school of shady deals? Where, mate? Where, mate? I never heard of such a place. That's ridiculous. Don't tell anyone. Don't call again. Will the owner of a Scarlet Red 1958 Plymouth Fury please come to the front desk? That's the owner of a 1958 Plymouth Fury. Your car has been attacking people and playing non-stop golden oldies, so we've had it clamped. Thank you. Oh, hello. Is that the School for the Gifted? Could be, sir. Well, I'm rather hoping it is. I've not had much luck getting through today. I know. I've been paying attention. Three failed phone applications so far. Not the most prestigious start to the enrolment process, sir. No, I agree. Wait, how do you know I've accidentally called three other schools? Brace yourself, sir. This is the school of the reality check. Oh, great. Another failed attempt. Interesting. You consider a reality check to be a failure then, sir? Well, I'm on my fourth phone call, and I'm still not getting through to the school for the gifted. Perhaps you weren't unlucky at all, sir. Perhaps it was fate that's guided you here to the school of the reality check. You see, sir, if you read that newspaper advertisement one more time, you might notice that there was never a school for the gifted. What? If you examine that article just a little closer, sir, you'll see the advert was actually for school for gift wrapping. That's ridiculous. Let me see for myself. Here we are then. Page 35. Have you ever thought about applying to... Oh, the school for gift wrapping. Oh yeah, it does say that. And I think if you check the name of the enrolment coordinator, sir, you might also find that Mr Lionel Belchington Jones doesn't even exist. Oh yeah, enrolment coordinator, Ms Natasha Blackstone Smythe. Oh man, how could I get it so wrong? I guess I wouldn't have been cut out for the school for the gifted in the first place. I feel kind of stupid. Not to worry, sir. It might seem a harsh lesson to fail four times at enrolling in a school that doesn't even exist, but I think you may have just graduated from the school of the reality check. Congratulations, sir. Goodbye. Oh, hello. I wonder if you could help me. I've decided I'd really like to enrol in the school for gift wrapping. I thought you might, sir. I'm Natasha Blackstone Smythe. Congratulations on navigating such a rigorous induction process, and welcome aboard. I bet oh, your brother is kicking himself for not producing that track. Launch Shampoo, Birdman from Barcelona, 26 weeks at number one. Coming up next, a little bit of advice from Auntie Mabel. I already said not available in Tut South, only in Tut North. Hello listeners, welcome to my weekly gardening advice line. Need help with your weeds? I aim to please. Now, who's our first caller today? Hello Auntie Mabel, it's Detective Inspector Shawshank here from Basingstoke CID. We have a large incident going on in our patch. Looks like a crater the size of a tennis court has appeared in a close and there's a forest fire sweeping across the town park. I just wondered what you thought you were playing at giving such irresponsible advice. 
Well, it looks like the game's afoot. I've only got one course of action left to me now, and that's to cut the feed to the studio, wipe the place clean of my fingerprints, then dig a three-mile ditch up to the car park, diverting our local river to flood the place. Then I'll get in my car and get the hell out of here as quick as possible. It's for the best! Auntie Mabel, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say I'm suddenly very wet. Looks like I'm gonna have to surf my way out of this one, listeners. Goodbye! See you all again soon! I'm being carried away! Help! Help! You've been listening to Cat Noir. This episode was written, performed, recorded and produced by Kevin Chilvers and Matt Sanders, with editing by Gary the Trainee Sound Engineer, and the guest announcer was me. If you have been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, then please seek immediate medical attention or follow us on Instagram at Cat Noir Podcast. The Cat Noir Podcast is sponsored by zapsplat.com. It's where we get nearly all of our sound effects from. Join us next time for more of this. Welcome to Passport Control. Can I have your passport, please? Yes, dear. Here you go. Can we move this along, dear? I'm in something of a hurry. You look familiar, sir. Have we met? It's entirely possible, dear. I frequently fly to numerous countries all across the globe. No, sir. Although you do resemble a popular and incredibly successful fictional spinster sleuth, I mean it's your passport picture that looks familiar to me, sir. How absurd, dear. I can assure you, good sir, that neither I nor any other incarnations of me used within this podcast have anything remotely to do with Agatha Christie. That's a curious response, sir. If you are who you say you are, even though you haven't actually said who you are or who you aren't, tell me this. What's your middle name? Well, I have it right here. Uh Uh-huh, without looking at the passport, sir. All right, dear. Well, I don't have a middle name. If this really is your passport, sir, then I think we all know your middle name is Ian. I'm afraid you're going to have to come with me. What? Help! I'm being apprehended. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear.